Listener supported. WNYC Studios. With us at WQXR is pianist Jenny Lin. Her latest album is Stravinsky, Solo Piano Works. Jenny, we don't think of Stravinsky as a solo piano guy. Are these transcriptions of works that he wrote and later reduced to piano or things that began on piano that then became the orchestral music that we're more familiar with? It's everything. Um, It's mostly original works. And we really should know more about Stravinsky as a piano music composer because he composed a lot of the orchestra music on piano, and he was a very good pianist himself. And he wrote a lot of original pieces like the piano sonata, like the serenade. Those are all original works, and they were never really arranged or transcribed or anything like that. With the exception of Firebird, that was actually a transcription by Guido Agosti, um, who was an Italian pianist, a student of Puzzoni. And that transcription of Firebird was actually um, given blessing by Stravinsky because Agosti did take the score to Stravinsky and ask him for his approval. And Stravinsky loved it, approved it, and probably added more notes to it. (laughs) (laughs) But everything else is really original Stravinsky solo piano works. And it's so great to hear familiar orchestral music in piano form textures are highlighted. They're unamplified by the different sounds of the instruments, sure. but, but somehow they're highlighted. They're just clearer, and they bring so much insight to our understanding of the orchestral realization. Yeah, too. absolutely. I mean, it depends on also who arranged it or who transcribed it. A very good transcription can bring out the best in the orchestra piece and using the colors of the piano. And what's interesting with Stravinsky is that His rhythm is so powerful. It's so clear. That's something that you can do easily on the piano. Because piano... It's a percussion instrument. For some people, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not only a percussion instrument, but it's also a percussion instrument. It's a universal instrument that can portray a lot of things. (laughs) Um, But I think Stravinsky's music is fantastic on the piano. So... What was it that led you to do this album? Just a Stravinsky love, or did you just find that there were a lot of these pieces and it sort of came together? Or did the Steinway people say, Lynn, Stravinsky, hit it? (laughs) That's one thing that they don't do, the Steinway label folks, that they really give me a lot of freedom, and I come with ideas. When I was a teenager, I went to um, Siena, to the Academia Kijana, which is, um, they had a summer program for pianists, and one of the legendary teachers there was Guido Agosti. I never really got to study with him because he had passed before I got there, but I had discovered his transcription of The Firebird you know, when I was a teenager, and I started learning it. And I think that's how it started. I brought this piece back about two years ago, and I thought, you know, there's got to be more stuff to Stravinsky, and not just your usual Petrushka. And, <laughs> and once I start... It just never stopped, and I got really hooked about his story, his life, his music, and just read tons of books, and I thought, you know, why not an album of piano music? And I'm really glad I got to do this. On the album are uh, piano-only versions of the ragtime for 11 instruments, the tango, a waltz, uh, some piano rag music, a circus polka. The forms are really familiar to our ears just because of the progress of music in the 20th century and the way that we've heard this stuff. The ragtime was new. The tango was sort of coming into its own in the beginning of the 20th century. Maybe hadn't quite yet, but the forms were out there. And Stravinsky 
he kind of took those forms apart and put them back together in his yes. own way. It's it's weird music. <laughs> That's why he was such a genius. He's able to take something and as if he cut it off and then tape it all back together. Are like, they are they imitations? Are they pastiches? What are they? I think they're just how he felt. He had an inner pulse to his his own heartbeat that he felt that he wrote through these this music. For example, the tango. Yes, the form exists, and we know what a tango is. But what he wanted out of the tango was not your tango as we know it, but he wanted a Russian tango. And he wanted slow. He wanted it deep. And, you know, ragtime. I mean, the polyrhythm and the complicated juxtaposition of different sections, he had it very well calculated. It's very clear. And it's him. It's what he heard, what he felt. And he was so clever as well as a composer. He knew what gets the audience. He knows what can trigger, you know, the adrenaline. And that's why he was so great at doing what he did. Somebody once suggested to me that Stravinsky, in his treatment of these rhythmic forms that we know, is sort of taking them apart and putting them together, is comparable to what Picasso did with Cubism. You're looking at things, but from several different angles Mm -hmm. at once and maybe several different perspectives at one time, and it's sort of cubism in sound, which made sense to me. I don't know if that works for everybody, but that helped me to understand Stravinsky a little bit. Absolutely. And and what's more about that is that there is a fluidity in the music. It's not that we're hearing chopped up music, but he was able to make it work as a whole. Same thing with Picasso's paintings. When you look at it, there were other imitators of cubism that didn't look like they were one. But in Picasso's work, they always look like it was one thing. When he took it apart, it was, you know, in little sections.
played Earl Wilde's transcription of Embraceable You today. This is a sort of popular thing with pianists. Is that a way to get away from the the really long-haired part of classical music and to <laughs> relax a little bit with a tune you can carry around in your pocket? Or is it just that these things are good subjects for the personal touch that a pianist, transcriber, composer can bring? You know, I think one should not take these pieces very lightly. They're incredibly difficult because they're transcribed and arranged by pianists. And pianists just so have so much more facility to write for the instrument. And I have to say, I thought that doing the Broadway arrangement transcription project would be easy because of the tunes, but it was the hardest things I had to do because every pianist just took the tune and went off with it. <laughs> and, you know, all the pianists that are on the on the album, Stephen Huff, Mark andre Hamlin, Earl Wilde, they were all amazing pianists with very large hands. <laughs> and they can play things that it might just be really difficult for an average pianist with an average size hand. So there's a reason why these pieces are so memorable, and not only the melodies, but the way that they were arranged. When you play transcriptions by pianists, you get to know that pianist's hands. Yes, absolutely. If you look at Buzzoni's Bach transcriptions, there are things in there that a lot of people can't play because Buzzoni could play a tenth plus putting two other notes in the middle. I cannot play a tenth and do all of that, but he wrote them like that because he could do it. Same thing with Rachmaninoff. He had huge jumps because he had a huge hand and he could jump and long fingers. What's amazing about Marc-Andre Hamlin and Stephen Huff is that yes. if you meet them, they seem like normal people. <laughs> but when they sit down at the piano, a yes. third arm and hand appear yes, on their body. Yeah, 11th finger something. It's, they're, they're, well, they're all extraordinary. Yeah. What has attracted you to this? Because it is, it's a tough end of the piano repertoire. People love to hear this stuff, but you've got to be sweating bullets up there some of the time. I guess I've always liked challenges as a child, and I continue to like challenges. Maybe it's not always wise, but I just wanted to pay tribute to these pianists. I think they're amazing. I'm very jealous they can do what they do because I cannot compose for the life of me. And just the fact that where they find the time to do it amazes me. I remember Mark andre Hamlin told me that he composes on the plane. And I said, really? I sleep on the plane. And so... It's so admirable that these great pianists find the time to write music and they're able to turn a simple tune into something amazing. And maybe my next life I can come back as a composer pianist, but as of now I could just play their music.
You've had a real international upbringing and training, living in Europe and America, Taiwanese heritage. How has this played into your musical evolution and the things that you have found that you love? I think I'm very fortunate. I have had so many options. Also, the languages. You know, I can speak several languages. It's always a plus when you're in music. And just having the resources. You know, I feel very much American. But at the piano, I feel quite European. Um, maybe in my thinking, I'm very Asian. So maybe that's what my music is all about. It's about everything. And so when I research for an idea, a recording idea, I really look in so many different directions. Thank you so much for Thank that. Thank you. Thank you.